0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dill Assistant Nation podcast. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm honored to be the host of this podcast, and I'm honored that you've taken the time to join us, no matter where you found us through Amazon, Google, Spotify, wherever you found us. Thank you for taking a few minutes to join us today. I'm so thrilled to have a return guest today. That is Sherry Warshaw, R D H C T -T S. Sherry, how are you?
1: I'm great and so happy to be returning with you. We had such a great discussion
0: We did. And I want to make sure that people look back in our podcast uh, archives. You will see Sherry talking about tips for dental assistants who want to become dental hygienists. That has become a very hot episode, very hot topic. I'm glad Sherry shared her thoughts with that. But today we're going to talk about nicotine cessation. And one of the things that I know Sherry is very passionate about. But before we dive into that, Sherry, just take a moment to introduce yourself to our audience. please.
1: So I'm a 50 plus year veteran of dentistry, and I've provided the uh, services in many different capacities, starting as an assistant, moving on to plaque control therapist, and eventually RDH. I've been a um, clinical instructor. I've worked in private practice, primarily in periodonics. I've been a water pick independent educator for the past uh, going on 10 years. That program is reaching its 10 year anniversary. So I've I've been there since the start and about 10 years ago I kind of veered off into this world of what used to be tobacco cessation which is now known as nicotine
0: cessation. And that's that last acronym that I introduced you with, right? What does tell our audience what that stands for?
1: So CTTS is an acronym for Certified Tobacco Treatment Specialist. My training is through the Mayo Clinic and I hold a certification through them which requires um, re upping every couple of years and doing a certain amount of uh, CES which I always exceed
0: Well that doesn't surprise me at all knowing you so <laughs> and and I know nicotine cessation, smoking cessation what however we want to spend this I know that that is a topic that dental professionals are honestly a little nervous to talk about with their patients and but yet it's something that I know you feel as healthcare professionals, it's still something that we have to bring up whenever that patient is sitting in the chair, correct?
1: Correct. And I think um, part of it is that there is so much to cover in dentistry and a dental appointment. But I must say that you have to these days look at that uh, dental medical crossover. And one thing that we do know is that if you are a user of nicotine in any form, Um, it is going to affect your health. If you're a smoker, you're going to have the greatest deterioration of health because it's combustible. If you're an e-cigarette user, we used to um, think that, oh, well, uh, the harm reduction people went all in on that, um, and harm reduction is not something that I'm into. I'm into making people healthy. So I don't Mm want to give them something that's less harmful I want to help them reduce their use of these products. And then third in line comes all of these different smokeless products, things that people are putting directly in their mouth. And I think the one thing to keep in mind is there is no FDA, quote unquote, approved product in any of these categories. There is FDA oversight, and people sometimes get that confused when you're overseeing something, you're not putting your stamp of approval on it. You're just saying you've set up a certain amount of rules and regulation, and that product is adhering to them, but it has nothing to do with safety or health.
0: You know, and, and obviously we speak to dental assistants on this podcast. We love our dental assistants, and we know dental assistants spend so much time with their patients. And sometimes that puts them in an uncomfortable or awkward situation whenever it comes to this. What are some tips that you have in how just to bring up the conversation of nicotine cessation with a patient?
1: So I do think that the dental assistant is uniquely positioned. And if I were a a, a practice owner, I would actually send my assistant for this training Mm -hmm. because of the fact that we we as assistants, and I'll and I still consider myself an assistant because going back so long, you know, I don't think I've ever lost that love of that art of practice. Um, but for instance, uh, when a patient is sitting there getting numb, when a patient is waiting for the dentist who's running two hours behind, and the dental assistant is doing a song and dance act, there are greater things she could be discussing with them. And also in dentistry, we're so uniquely um, up close and personal to the patient. I can tell you as a hygienist, anytime a smoker sat in my chair or a dipper or a cigar smoker or a pipe smoker, I could tell immediately they didn't have to tell me. It was either what it looked like in their mouth or it was what they smelled like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's a giveaway. Let's be perfectly honest here. And and again, we we know those patients. We know from their charts. There's probably notes in there. You know, there's probably times that we've we've even mentioned that we've talked to that patient about it. But even if you've talked to that patient once, twice, what's the line between reminding them and doing your duty versus, shall I say, preaching to them? Because I know that that's one thing that dental assistants, dental professionals are worried about coming across as.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first thing that you always do before you even approach the subject is you ask permission. Okay. Would it be okay for me to talk to you about nicotine? Are you using it in any form? And I think that's a really important question, particularly with our younger patients. I was on a webinar just yesterday Um, given by MD Anderson, um, and they had one of their behavioral specialists on. And I was pretty shocked to hear his statistics on use in high school. So his latest statistic gave us a number of 27% of high schoolers had divulged, now that's divulged, that they had used an e-cigarette in the last month. Now, those are the ones who told you, now, if you know anything about teenagers, and I was one, and it was really a sneaky one, I don't think I ever would have divulged that I was smoking. And I did smoke. I did smoke. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that that use is so high that I think, again, as an assistant, you're sitting there with the patient. You're waiting for doc to come in. Hey, how's, how are things doing in school? Um, You know, I hear a lot about kids using the, what are those called? Those jewels and those electronic cigarettes. Have you ever tried one? And kind of approaching it from kind of the left side, as opposed to sitting there with a form saying, do you use e-cigarettes? You have to gain their confidence. And if they were to say yes, that would be where you would ask permission. Hey, well, can I talk to you about... You know, what's your experience with it? Because I can tell you in that world of e-cigarette, they know way more than I know because it's it's in their culture. I'm not sure. in their culture. So I learn so much from, from clients.
0: And, and I, you know, we talk all the time on this podcast about the trust level that the assistant has with the patient and that bridge. So I can see bringing up this conversation. I love the fact of asking permission. You know, you mentioned a moment ago, e-cigarettes and vaping. And I think whenever that first came out, one of the biggest messages I heard was it's safer. It's a better alternative. You know, I, I heard all these different things to regular smoking. And now I've seen nicotine pouches come out. And, and I know that those are being touted as better than smokeless tobacco or anything that you put in. I'm curious about nicotine pouches. Is that something uh, we should be talking about with our dental patients as well?
1: Absolutely. And I will tell you, they are not new. So Sweden went all in on nicotine pouches decades ago. And Sweden actually developed that technology, and it was called Swedish Swedish SNUS, S N-U-S. And where Swedish snus and American snus, these little packets that almost look like a tea bag, um, where they differ is In Sweden, they were using them as a a tobacco cessation product, but they pasteurized the product. In other words, they put all of those uh, tobacco insides through a high heat processing. And what it did was it killed a lot of the cancer-causing agents in that actual tobacco. In American snus, we don't do that. We don't have a pasteurized product. We also have uh, certain ones that are known in the in the realm of tobacco cessation that are actually um, uh, little tablets, um, not quite snus, but it's an FDA approved for smoking cessation. So the lozenges, the little mini tabs, the ones that you're seeing in the convenience stores like Zins and Orbs and all of these other products, and you'll see numbers on them of. Six milligram, eight milligram, 10 milligram. These are not, they have no FDA approval. And in fact, you know, FDA is looking at all of these products. When the FDA said we're going to regulate this, they got something like 8 million applications for all these different products. And yeah. they had to throw 7 million out immediately because they weren't filled out. And so. Wow. Every year, more and more companies come to the forefront and try and bring these products forward. So getting back to the actual little snooze packet, the way it's used is it's just put between the teeth and the cheek, and it doesn't require expectorating. And that's why it's so popular. Um, Think of it in terms of a very quick delivery system of getting nicotine to you. So are they harmful? Yes, they're harmful. They're harmful from the standpoint that they still have some cancer-causing um, nitrosamines in them. And so you're putting it, typically people put it in the same place all the time. And so you can still see that kind of corrugated look that we see with any kind of dip. And the other problem is, is that people are getting jacked up on nicotine. And that has all kinds of uh, cardiovascular kind of, um, effects on the bot.
0: You know, and I want to go back to how we kind of started this conversation because, you know, whenever you first broached the subject with me, I had in my head tobacco cessation, tobacco cessation. And you were like, no, 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 we need to talk about nicotine cessation. And so I think maybe in the health history form, maybe in the questionnaire, whatever, we've we've got to stop asking about tobacco and really focus in on that nicotine because otherwise you're not going to catch those little snooze that we, we, you just talked about.
1: Absolutely. And when I talk to any sort of uh, dental practice, I always um, recommend that, that don't ask a patient, do you smoke? That is not a valid question anymore because all of these users of these external products are going to say no. And then you're just moving on. You have yeah. to ask that question. Very good point. Do you use nicotine in any form? Any Here's the any. other kind of scary thing. Yeah. Um, some of these products, um, particularly in the world of e-cigarettes, are marketed as nicotine-free. When they're tested down the road, they almost universally contain nicotine. It,
0: it's it's scary. Well, what we think we know, but maybe we don't know, you know, and I I think that goes for a number of things, but certainly anything that you're inhaling, certainly anything that you're putting into your body and you don't know everything that's going in there. I think that's the frightening thought and where dental professionals really need to become and be reminded that they are healthcare professionals more yep. than anything else.
1: Absolutely. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm preaching here is we can't separate the head from the rest of the body. And because this this delivery system is always going in orally. It's all oral. There are all kinds of sequelae from all of these different products. You know, we know that, you know, tobacco is the most serious because it's combustible. It's combustible. So when it combusts, it releases all kinds of things that are nasty, and we see that in the mouth. But a lot of times people think, oh, well, you know, e-cigarettes are so much better because they're a non-combustible, but they are giving off so many chemicals and these chemicals are having oral implication.
0: And, and, you know, as an industry, as dentistry, we have pushed so hard about the oral systemic link and talking about how periodontal disease affects the heart and Alzheimer's and all these different things. And yet we're afraid to talk about nicotine. We're afraid to talk about smoking. And again, that's such a key part of this oral systemic link that we want so badly our patients to know about. It's kind of a, an irony to me in some ways.
1: I find it very ironic. When I started this 10 years ago, I dressed myself up, got my, you know, uh, cards printed and my little pamphlet made and went on knocked on doors with free cookies and I got nowhere.
0: You with free cookies? I mean, come on. Oh, you, that would, I'd let you in any time with free cookies. Thank come you. on. These, these were not box cookies. These were these were
1: class oh. cookies that were made oh, for, you're talking real stuff. Real stuff. Real stuff. And I really made no headway. No headway whatsoever. So a lot of my my um client outreach is actually through a company that does um, screenings for larger companies um, on different health systems, and one of the things they offer is if you have smokers, differs, vapors in your company, we have a person who is a contractor, so I'm a contractor for them, and then I'm able to um, reach people that way. I've tried every way, which way, up, down, and sideways. Very difficult. And plus, this is their best friend. They love what they're using.
0: True. And, and that does make it difficult, and we know these conversations are difficult. You know, uh, last week on this podcast, we talked about how you, uh, you know, the COVID conversation that you have to have still in this practice, and you have to have things set up as a team to understand what happens if you have a respiratory illness in your team, and your patient, and make sure you're all on the same page. This is the exact same thing, that you need to make sure that everybody on the team understands how to approach a patient ask permission. I love that. And so let's make sure, Sherry, that because I know people are going to have more questions with this is something we could talk a long time about. But I know you're the expert. So I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you to ask more questions and pick your brain maybe a little bit more about this topic.
1: Absolutely. So you can always email me at Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I Warshaw, W-A-R-S-H-A-W at gmail.com or text me at 513-509-9998.
0: There you go. Ways to find Sherry. And, and I again, I know that this is a tough conversation, but that's when you need an expert like Sherry in your corner to say, here's the steps, here's what you need to know. So Sherry, thank you so much for being willing to be that person to be in not only the assistance corner, but dare I say the Dell Praxis corner as well.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much. And thanks for inviting me again. It is my passion to reach as many people. So if I can hold the hand of some dental professionals, that would make me only too happy.
0: Well, and I want to give you some kudos because you're the one who reached out to me and said dental assistants need to hear this message. So thank you for thinking of those assistants as that key bridge, you know, in the patient dentist uh, dental practice, shall I say, relationship. Thank you. Thank you. And dental practices, dental assistance. hey, you're planning right now for the fourth quarter. You're planning right now for what you're going to do in 2024. This is a great thing to add in there. Check those health history forms. Where do you need to make changes? Where do you need to be asking different questions? Where do you need to be asking the permission of your patients? This is a great place to start. Experts like Sherry are there to help you. So make sure that you're taking advantage of the opportunities to not only help your practice grow, but also help your patients be better. Help their health be better. That's what we're all about here at the Dental Assistant Nation Podcast, is helping dental assistants have a better day, as well as be a better communicator and better bridge to their patients. So until next time, this is Kevin Henry, the host of the Dental Assistant Nation Podcast, signing off and wishing you nothing but success ahead.